Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, it's wrestling. Wrestle me. Wrestling. Is that <laughs> wrestling. Wrestle me, Mark. Wrestle me, Pete. I know it's no way to start a wrestling me, but I've wrestled me. So I thought I'll um, I thought I'd mix it up a bit. I've just eaten a pork pie, so. Do you know, you, you eating the pork pie reminded me of the best tweet that we've received this week. Right. Uh, on at Wrestle Me Pod. Okay. It was from Matthew Stevens, who tweets as Das Fury. Um <laughs> He sent through a recipe for pork and beans. Oh, right, yes. Now, what do you think pork and beans is? Do you think it's, like, the greatest thing ever, or are you massively wrong? <laughs> because it reads like the greatest thing ever. It okay. sounds delicious. It's a mix of pork belly, uh, dried haricot beans. Haricot beans doesn't sound exciting, mm. but... You then get black treacle, molasses, Worcester sauce, what? mustard powder, brown sugar, salt and pepper and a big onion. Slap that all together. <laughs> the Annoyingly, I mean, Matthew's done us a great favour here mm. by, by saying, here, I'm unlocking the pork and beans cupboard. Yeah. Um, but he's only given me the bit of the page. Uh, it's got the ingredients. The recipes on the other we bit. We need... Matthew, page 42, please. When do we... Page 42. We've only got 41 we... here. When do we fold in the molasses? I mean, that's if you put it too late, it's going to be too acrid and licorice and then it's I mean, too early. They've listed one large onion at the end yeah if that was in like the bit where you imagine it would be mm. cut up the onion to start with like yeah. doing everything yeah why wouldn't it be at the top <laughs> that's what, oh, I'm, that's what it's an I don't know isn't it? Yeah. what if I make it bad and I just worry that I won't be able to find molasses anywhere in central London where's where I live no well, you've probably got a good chance of finding them in central London do you reckon London. Yeah. molasses man the, the, there are the, pork and bean joints all <laughs> over this all over this crazy city it's the new uh, Japanese um Mexican fusion. Do you know what? On the way tonight, I saw two different places where people were queuing outside. It's a horrible night tonight. It's dark. It's Mm. sort of sleety. Mm. It's not very nice. Two places. Both of them were just noodle bars. Oh, it's crazy. New ones. Mm. And people are queuing at like bus stops over the road. It's like 15 strong. It's none of them over 25. God damn airdrop. It's like it's Mm. like a UN airdrop. I refuse to queue for the people are queuing for Coco Ichibanya, which is a basically McDonald's. It's a fast foodie place, isn't it? It's McDonald's in Japan. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's the first one, obviously, know, but I mean, you, you know what you're going to get there. The other first one that's opened up is mm-hmm. on Southampton Row, mm-hmm. Taco Bell. That's oh, opened up yeah, in London. Yes. I walked past it the other day. It was fucking chocker. <laughs> now, we know Taco Bell. It's an American institution. It's actually quite sexy for us, but in America, yeah. people 
consistently call it out for giving you the shits. They do. And I remember one of the earliest jokes I knew, which was in a classic joke book, which mm. pretty much is the foundation of all my comedy ever since, <laughs> which is called Truly Tasteless Jokes. Yeah. And there would be, uh, along the lines of going, how do you stop people, you know, how do you stop teenage pregnancy in America? Mm. And it would be, put a birth control pill in Taco Bell. Right, yeah, And it was, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. obviously as a kid, you don't know that's a brand name. You just mm. go, well, I didn't get that one. Yeah. Must be something really disgusting. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there were some... <laughs> Foul jokes in that book. Um, <laughs> oh, do you remember we did it? We did as a, uh, when we were working with Paul Tomkinson when he did mm. um, Tonks when he did yeah. um, XFM Breakfast. Yeah, we had a thing where he would read the feed line to one of those jokes, and if you wanted to hear the punchline, you had to ring in during a record, and Tonks would tell he you the punchline. Personalised <laughs> service. Uh, and I remember, I remember basically one day just sitting there. It's the only bit I can really remember about that <laughs> is that Tonks would be sitting there just going, "Hello." Yep, uh, commoner shoes. Bye. <laughs> Hello? Yep, commoner shoes. Bye. <laughs> That's a really good idea. Paul yep. Tonkinson doesn't have a radio show at the moment. I'm having that. Oh. <laughs> I think Paul Tonkinson should be on Absolute. Uh, <laughs> I think... Read us too. <laughs> <laughs> I can see your little edit finger pat stabbing away. <laughs> right, um, He'll never find us. The next uh, batch that we've got to in WrestleMania 2000, mm. um, it's the Radicals, Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, and the light heavyweight champion, Dean Malenko versus China and too cool again. Like uh, the, uh, you, like you say, like the only one-on-one um, -on -one match was uh, was the previous one. It just yeah. doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I here you're dealing with three of the four hottest agents in wrestling. Mm. They um, the radicals. It's a name that doesn't really last very long. Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, uh, Dean Malenko, and Chris Benoit had been uh, four of the upper mid-card players in WCW mm. until a few months before. Right. And they had collectively asked for their release from WCW. And the reason for this was there was a lot of churn in WCW. Uh, Vince Russo had left and Kevin Sullivan, former wrestler, right. uh, had been made the booker. And they, they're, they're, there's been a lot of things that Benoit... Um, was in a, a uh, relationship with uh, Nancy uh, Benoit, his wife, mm -hmm. when she was Nancy Sullivan. She was married to Kevin Sullivan. He'd done an angle where she and, and he were having an affair, which they then had in real life. Now, Again, we are talking about Chris Benoit, and it's always difficult to talk about Chris Benoit, especially when you're talking about his wife, not to pre-shadow and pre-figure what is going to end up happening. Yep. And that is that, that Chris Benoit is going to murder his wife, he's going to murder their son, and then he's going to kill himself. Mm. Um, he did not apparently have bad blood with Kevin Sullivan over taking Sullivan's wife. Yeah. But I think the general feeling was the people at the top of WCW, your Hogan's, your Kevin Nash's, they would not allow these people ever to become the main event. Mm. So they all walked as a big group. Other yeah. people wanted to go with them. And at the time, it was a big thing. There were these big, talented people who always went out there and gave 110% and had great matches night after night after night, had decided to leave. I don't think anyone realised that that was pretty much the killer blow for WCW. Right. So... By early 2001, WCW no longer exists. It's spiralled into debt. Nobody's watching it. The pay-per-views aren't selling. The wrestlers are just totally adrift. But these four guys were the future of the business. And they, along with Chris Jericho, had left in a six-month period, and it ripped the heart out of WCW that hadn't valued them. They come to the WWF, and they are all positioned as main event stars. In the end, 
you get Eddie Guerrero becomes a world champion Chris Jericho becomes a world champion Chris Benoit becomes a world champion they thought the same was going to happen with Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko mm. it didn't Dean Malenko today a producer in WWF still doing very very well uh, Perry Saturn a, a much sadder story mm. so what you can see in this match is WWE have got these huge stars they've mm. already moved Chris Benoit into the semi-sub main event picture yeah um, what they've got here is the three they're not quite sure what to do with and I don't think anybody thought that Eddie Guerrero would be a future Hall of Famer right. I think he was just seen as a good hand yeah and you can see in this match the man just brims with charisma the mm. second they ask him to do something in the ring it is like the most natural thing in the world yeah. to him he was the son of a, a, a Texas wrestling legend called Gory Guerrero um, he grew up his elder brothers uh, Hector and Mando were big stars regionally and he himself just grew up it's one of those those sort of nature versus nurture things I think he had a bit of both but the nurture that he had was just his entire life was wrestling mm. nobody wrestles like Eddie Guerrero does it's so smooth it's like I don't know it's like watching water go down glass he's mm. just incredible I find him fascinating to watch and watching him here is a point where they didn't think he was a superstar and everything he does is superstar quality yeah he's so small it's yeah. amazing even like him just running away from um people on his knees yeah. was quite smooth. Yeah. And, and, I was like, oh, that's quite smooth. And it's all those funny little tricks yeah. that I think actually hark back to the glory years of wrestling. These are the things mm. that people were doing in the 50s and 60s. He, he would do that later with a, um, a tag team he was in with his nephew, Chavo. Yeah. Uh, they were called Los Guerreros. And they would cheat. And this lie, cheat and steal thing made him such a big star. But the gimmicks they used to do were he would you know, the referee wouldn't be looking, Eddie Guerrero would throw someone a foreign object and then he'd lie on the floor like he'd been hit with it and the referee would disqualify him. <clears throat> These yeah. seem like the old carny wrestling things. <laughs> and that running away on your knees, only Eddie Guerrero with this background in it would be th throwing things from that sort of playbook out there. Right. He's so good in this. And you can really <laughs> see that moment where he is pulling away from the others. He's got charisma and... I don't think, had he tried to get in the WWE by himself, mm. I, I don't think uh, there was pretty much any point where he would have been successful before, obviously, the modern era. Yeah. And you can just see in this, they lucked into something, and they lucked into this incredibly charismatic, brilliant wrestler. Mm. Um, Perry Saturn, he has less of a stellar career. By 2001-2, he is in a sort of weird tag team with Terry, who we've seen in the cat fight, um, and he's got a partner who's a mop, called Moppy and he's oh, doing okay. comedy and there's a, a good bit where you can see how he reacted to all that where he absolutely shoot beats the shit out of a jobber called Mike Bell on <laughs> Sunday Night Heat where they were still doing these sorts of you know local talent versus big stars right. um, he was a bit unstable <laughs> anyway he disappeared from wrestling and he disappeared so convincingly that people thought he was dead mm. you know there were lots of reports that he died um, it turned out the sort of the, the truth was, was sort of worse than that in a way he'd um, he, he had some funny stuff where he'd he, he'd apparently seen a woman being raped and he'd intervened and he'd been shot twice and he got shot in the in the in the neck and the shoulder mm. and it gave him so much pain that he ended up getting addicted to crystal meth right and he became homeless and all these things over the years he'd pop up and people were really surprised he'd do sort of an interview and then next time you'd see him he'd be talking about a brain injury he had the last real sighting of him he did a, a video just saying he was about to be homeless again he'd lost a huge amount of weight he's only relatively young I think he's 51 right. and he just looked absolutely you know a shadow of his former self yeah. uh, he's weeping on the thing now the I did have a look at the fundraiser it did raise quite a lot of money for him um, so hopefully he's doing better 
But it is sad that looking at this WrestleMania, out of everyone on it, really, everyone has done pretty well. They're mm. all still sort of either working in the industry or they've unfortunately died tragically young. But Perry Saturn is the only one who seems to be really sort of missing in action Strongly, in A1. Yeah. Um, you would have said the same thing, you know, that everyone was doing well about Brian Christopher, who is Grandmaster Sexe. Um, he's <laughs> Jerry Lawler's son. He died last year. Uh, um, okay. It, uh, it's, Jerry Lawler believes there's very strange circumstances, and if what Jerry Lawler says is true, then it does sound a bit odd. Mm. So Brian Christopher had been getting into a number of scrapes um, over the years. He, he did been some real sort of violent things that he'd been involved in where other wrestlers had beaten him up very, very badly. Right. And this is in the last few years, and these seem to be coming quite... Sort of consistently regularly, mm. which is always a terrible sign. Um, he's uh, believed the official version is that he that he committed suicide in a, a, a police cell mm. where he'd been detained following a fight uh, with another wrestler. Um, the, Jerry Lawler disputes this. That apparently he was, you know, his son had been uh, uh, bleeding as he was taken to the police station. They think he was still suffering from the effects. There are some odd things like Jerry Lawler claims that the, all 20 of the prison's cameras were not working at the time uh, mm. that the suicide was believed to have taken place. So, I mean, a, a horrible sort of strange story. Grandmaster Sexy dying um, uh, relatively, I mean, at a horribly a young name. age. Such a bad name, Isn't it? <laughs> just, Isn't just it? Just hearing, like, you know, hearing... Uh, uh, who's with Jerry Lawler doing this? Um, Jim Ross. Uh, Jim Ross. And like having to him, Jim Ross say, Scotty too hotty and yeah. sexy. Yes. J- Jerry, it's Jim only, Ross. only punctuated by Jerry Lawler <coughs> shouting, Latino heat. <laughs> Constantly. He does that about 20 times. The, the Eddie versus China thing, I think, was a perfect example where a lot of people would have got into a program with China mm. and they would have gone, this is beneath me. Or they would have gone, I, I, I'm not going to do this because I don't, you know, it's not for me. Uh, or they'd have done it half-heartedly. Yeah. And Eddie Guerrero gives it everything. Yeah. And only by giving it everything does it not become embarrassing. Yeah. You know, China spoke very highly of Eddie Guerrero. I mean, he was one of those guys who was totally beloved in the industry. Um, I'm not going to talk too much about him because he has so many more better, bigger WrestleManias. Yeah. And in fact, WrestleMania 20 is uh, just a spectacular end that, I mean, he's ruined by the fact that the the, the two people in the ring in this iconic moment, um, they both ended up dying in, in very different but equally upsetting circumstances. Mm. Um, but we'll get there. Something we'll to look forward to. We'll get there. Um, there's, I, I think China's good in this. Really good. I think yeah. she really. I think she really throws herself into it and yeah, beats everyone up. I think. I think you know the problem that she had was they they pushed her to the moon because she got over so big, and then mm. when she began saying, "Well, maybe I should be treated like a big star," they yeah. all went, "Oh, haven't you got oh. full of yourself?" Yeah. Um, uh, again, China, a very sad story. You mm. know, uh, the yeah, story of someone who I don't think. I don't think necessarily was ready for the the, the rigors the, of, uh, of fame. Yeah, the, the you know the, the spotlight that was cast on, mm. um, and also I think the way that everybody around her probably handled it. Yeah, you know, I often I often think about what would have happened if Susan Boyle had gone from X Factor <laughs> and they the WWE had made a lowball offer on a contract and she'd have taken it. <laughs> and I can almost tell you that she would have been dead quicker than anybody else. <laughs> and I, I think that, that there's obviously you know uh, there's something lacking about the the the, the, the quality of care in this period yes. in this industry yeah um, I, in many industries I guess uh, in the entertainment sector I still, I still feel very strongly about um, you know the lack of healthcare 
provision that's yeah. made. I think it's uh, it does seem like an antiquated... And I know, obviously, different in America where people hate that commie talk, mm. but uh, it does seem incredible in an industry where everybody ends up needing, yeah. mm. you know, uh, surgery at one point or another, and yeah. certainly as they get older, they need more of it. Mm. It seems incredible that, that the company that employs them, the companies that Has no liability. Them, absolutely. I guess I guess probably because they, they can't get their insurers to back it, I suppose. No. They have to just... In the old days, in the 80s, all the wrestlers took out big insurance policies with Lloyds of London. That's right, Because yes. Lloyds of London didn't really understand what it would be. And they all got career-ending industry mm, injuries, mm. and they all got massive payouts. Mm. And so Lloyds of London then stopped offering them. <laughs> but some people made out like bandits, and there were some people who did it and then immediately returned to work. So, um, well done, wrestlers. You've ruined it for everyone. Um, China starts this whole thing after Eddie Guerrero planning to land all his Latin heat on her mm. um, with a firework gun. Yes. That was so badass. <laughs> I was like, bang, 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 yeah, do it again. Do it again, China, that was brilliant. This is, this is a great match. You actually forget as well, you know, as time goes past, how big two cool were. They, mm. They're seen as being a sort of like, you know, lower level tag team nowadays. But God, at the time, they were popular. Right. Huge. You know, people are just seem... excited to see them. Yeah. Why, uh... though? <laughs> I mean, like, do you know what? their look is very shit. It is. It's weird. The I, world again, was good. I don't I'll understand the quite what it is. What no. are you? Grandmaster Sexay sounds like Grandmaster Flash, mm. but instead of the word Flash, it's got Sexay. Yeah. Sexay is not a thing. It was a very, yeah, it's a very jaded kind of, yeah, I, I don't... And Boys mm. Two Men and Scotty Two Hottie. I don't... Mm. Again, this is like Mae Young's hand. I can't see the logic behind can't, it. Can't get the tendril. Can't, can't. get, can't get all of the tendril. I just can't grab it on. It's too slippery. I was, um, so Eddie Guerrero obviously um, dies five years later, mm. and I watched his tribute show on Raw. Yeah, and you know when there's been um, an atrocity or a, a notable death at a football match, uh-huh. and you have in the centre circle the two play the two sets of players, yeah, um, and the little mascots. But also the mascots, like Gunnosaurus for the Arsenal, yes. and they all bow their heads in solemn uh, reverence to, yeah. to the, to the de- dear departed. There was something of that in the tribute show on Raw of gotcha. Eddie Guerrero. Obviously, you know, uh, you know, Chris Benoit's in tears, um, which obviously is like, uh, yeah. Um, Rick Flair's wearing his feather boa, which I can't. I'm just. I imagine Hornswoggle is there, the tiny leprechaun. Yeah, probably standing yeah. at the front. It's various masked wrestlers. I'm just sort of like. Look, have you ever seen Todd Browning's 1932 film Freaks? <laughs> no. Well, it's it's about a, a group of freaks who, and, and I use that word in, in the way that they would have back then. Like The Greatest Showman. Yeah, it's sort <laughs> of like that, except it's a sort of a horror, a body horror uh, and revenge tragedy. Um, and they, 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 they uh, one of their own is is, is mm. hurt and they, they unite to uh, ex- extract revenge. Right. And there are scenes at the end where they are all marching down together. Right. These people with hydrocephalus sort of heads and mm. know, pinheads and mm. the, the, the hairy woman and the lobster boy and they're all coming in and they often look like when all the wrestlers <laughs> gather on the stage. In a solemn All moment. the t- giant and the fat people and they all sit there looking solemn like dressed as the, you know the co- gnomes the cognitive dissonance of like just leave your feather boa backstage <laughs> Rick just for this I, I've got a black one <laughs> made entirely for no Rick no come on mate 
mate. Mate. <laughs> oh. oh wow. Oh. So yeah, I just, yeah, I was just like watching that and I was like, oh, this is sad, but it's also ridiculous. Those those tribute ridiculous. shows, there was a period where they would be a biannual. Um, they, they, yeah, well, for obvious reasons. They yeah. they made one that was very very moving to Benoit as well. Yeah, on the because night because they didn't, didn't wait. Yeah. Uh, they didn't wait to find out the circumstances. We'll no be doing that again. <laughs> no, <laughs> they definitely take their time nowadays. That was about as spectacular a bad decision as could uh, possibly uh, be made. I, th- I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Benoit made some some worse ones, but um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bridget Bender. Can't, can't bl- she's just won <laughs> the all this. day WrestleMania Stop competition. This. Yeah, um, Bridget. But there's a WrestleMania all day long competition. I'm not really sure. Is the is that the prize or the competition? I don't know where the WrestleMania. It was called All Day WrestleMania, yeah. and and it was. Nine hours, I think, right. of footage that went out on some kind of television thing. <laughs> and people say it's better than this WrestleMania. And it has <laughs> stuff in it that was shown once and has never been seen again, including right. a full documentary behind the scenes on WrestleMania 9. Oh, fantastic. And that has never emerged again. Hmm. So it's, it's sort of an iconic piece of telly in, in like <laughs> missing wrestling circles. Right. It was on YouTube for a while, it's disappeared. So um, I, I can't tell you, Pete, but all I know is that Bridget Bender, who has never been on a plane, <laughs> gets to go on a plane. She takes and attends her, WrestleMania. She takes her first flight ever. She's picked up in her house uh, by a you know valet driving a, a, a big old limo. Yeah. She gets taken to an airfield uh, where the WWE um, plane. Yeah. Uh, Which is, legitimately like, is is Vince McMahon's plane. Oh, is it Vince yep. McMahon's? He uh, has yeah. his own private jet. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'd up so when you. <laughs> yeah, he is travelling. every is, you know night across the USA. Every, every uh, you know every <laughs> person should have it. Really, yeah. if the, the amount of travelling you got to do. She takes her first flight ever. She ends up. WrestleMania, she's really into it, as is her partner. She's screaming, wheeling, isn't she? Shrieking. Tabbing and lovely. <laughs> um, and then she's seen later on at the at the actual WrestleMania holding up a contractually binding WWE yeah. sign that they've uh, made themselves. Uh, and, and it's and it's also it's got a sort of like fucked <laughs> thing in it, isn't it? I I F in WWF in one tickets. It yeah, says. yeah. I won my space or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder if she's still a fan. I wonder if this is just like like Ice Tea. When it, you know, if someone said, "Oh, you're on this, you know, WWE Network thing," and you go, "What's that?" and you watch it back, and you go, "I have no recollection of doing that." <laughs> I wonder if she sort of like has any idea. If I it, was on a lot of Benzos yeah, at the time. Yeah, it's weird. There's some kind of wrestling thing in a limo and a plane. <laughs> you know, she wouldn't have any idea. Well, I also like think that it's like going to the World Cup final for your first football match, isn't it? Mm. It's like it just uh, you're only downhill from there, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you've really ruined it for yourself. Mm. That's terrible. It'd be like if you like, you know, if you. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're like 15, it'd be like you get off with Emma Stone. Yeah. As, as, as Like for the first time. And after that, you're just like, oh, this is rubbish. Downhill. Downhill. Terrible. <laughs> oh, I think she's lovely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Big Show and Shane make a little appearance then. Uh, Big Show wearing his short-lived Big Nasty Bastard T-shirt. Yeah, they do say bastard a lot in this uh, show, don't they? Bastard. Bastards. Is that is that not like a swear word in America? Maybe not. Like, it's like bollocks. Yeah, wank, yeah, wank and bollocks, you like to say out there. But, yeah. Come face. Come face. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, come folks, get out of my fucking way. Come boy. (laughs) Come boy. Hey, come boy. (laughs) That's a new Val Venus (laughs) t-shirt. I'm a come boy. You're not a a ring boy anymore. You're a come boy. Actually, they did get in trouble for that kind of behavior. They did, yeah. This is is the uh, Mel Phillips story. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What is Hulkamania? Well, Hulkamania is the newest thing, Johnny. It's the thing that is sweeping the country. I'm sure some of these guys over here might know about it. The next match, Intercontinental and European Champion Kurt mm. Angle versus Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit defeated Chris Jericho and Kurt Angle in the first bit, and then there was a the second bit, and I just got a bit confused. <laughs> well, this is this Can't is have a double match. What's going this on is where you see again, just like we did with the the uh, the ladders match, the triple mm. triangle ladder match. This is the next five years of the business right. all here in these three guys yeah I enjoyed this match though it was good uh, Kurt Angle is he at this point he's been wrestling I think from for a year and a half right so I mean that's professionally mm. he is the only Olympic gold medalist in WWE history mm. he is I mean he is not just legit he is beyond legit um, he was uh, when he was at university in Pennsylvania he was a two time NCAA division heavyweight wrestling champion right um, that's the sort of the, the excellence the NCAA Brock Lesnar I think has got it as well that sort of thing and it's, it's seen as a lot of people that is the highest they ever rise mm. um, after graduating from college Angle won a gold medal in freestyle wrestling at the 1995 World Wrestling Championships. He went on to win the freestyle wrestling gold at the 1996 Olympics. Right. Uh, he's one of four people to complete an amateur wrestling Grand Slam, winning the Junior Nationals, the NCAA, the World Championships and the Olympics. So that's one of four people. In 2006 he was named by USA Wrestling who were the body behind uh, Olympic wrestling mm. as the greatest shoot wrestler ever and one of the top 15 college wrestlers of all time. And he was inducted into the International Sports Hall of Fame 
in 2016 for his amateur accomplishments. Fucking hell. All of those things <clears throat> are not to do with his professional wrestling yes. career, which in itself is one of the greatest careers <laughs> anybody has ever had. Mm. Um, he actually took a break from working in TNA, from his sort of professional career, in 2012 because he wanted to train for the 2012 Olympics. So I think nice. it was in 2011 or 2010. Mm. He, he said, no, I'm going to try. And he, 16 years after he'd won this gold with a broken freaking neck is always the way that <laughs> it's portrayed. He damaged his vertebrae yeah. going into the final. He just couldn't defy the age, and he yeah, he said he, he said I felt mentally like I could do it. He said, but my body just couldn't. Yeah. But he was then training with the American. He was actually going up against <laughs> the Olympians from 2012. Um, he is notoriously a great wrestler. Yeah. Not even just on paper. Famously, he once had a, a impromptu wrestling match with Brock Lesnar on mm. a plane. Um, <laughs> and, now that uh, is turbulence, isn't and, it? And apparently Angle just tied him up in knots, you know, <laughs> immediately. Um, the, the one time he's actually sort of like had a, a bit of bad luck is when they were doing a Tough Enough, they put him against a guy called Daniel Puder in the ring and the idea was Kurt would wrestle these Tough Enough kids who were contestants, right. so unchested wrestlers. He would wrestle them live on television and humiliate <laughs> them. And the first two he does do that and the second one was Daniel Puder who'd done MMA mm. and MMA is something that Kurt Angle had not really any really awareness of yeah. and immediately as they got down he managed to get Kurt Angle immediately a Kimura which is an arm lock yeah. and he could have easily broken Kurt Angle's arm and instead the referees just went oh you pinned him uh, you pinned that useless guy that young guy and it's, <laughs> it, it damaged his mystique a bit I don't right. know why I've got onto that I shouldn't do I'm celebrating no, I was Angle. enjoying that that was exciting this will come up again later I'm sure um, Angle he, he basically after the 1996 Olympics the WWE made him an offer right? and he had a meeting with Vincent Mann and he said look okay I'm interested in doing it so long as I never have to lose any matches and Vince <laughs> said well that's really not how it works, how it works yeah. um, Angle made his first appearance at a pro wrestling event in 1996 um, and that was I, th I think he, it was an ECW event right? and he went down there to do some commentary and he watched the matches and then they had an angle where I think the Sandman was crucified by Raven and he walked out and he he basically said to Paul Heyman, I'm going to sue you if that angle with this crucifixion and I appear in anything to do with the symbol. He was so horrified by it. <laughs> the and reality that put him of off wrestling. it for years. Right. In 1998, <laughs> he starts watching Raw and he begins going, actually, this is pretty good. Yeah. He's a big fan of Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's going, that, that guy is pretty good. I yeah. really like what he's doing. And he goes back. The WWE give him a tryout. Mm. They then give him a contract. And he is regarded as being the fastest learner in wrestling. Nobody has taken to wrestling faster than Kurt Angle. Mm. So within a year and a half, he's on the main roster and he's having matches like this. Mm. I think this is probably about two and a half years into his career. He's the semi-main event at WrestleMania. He only goes on to get better and better and better. Because so, like pro, like amateur wrestling or you know Olympic wrestling is so different. Like it has Hugely. no, it has nothing really. So to do many, with it. so many of the great amateur wrestlers and the great Olympic wrestlers and things they've been unable to make the transition yeah. to professional wrestling. The two are very, very different. Mm. Um, Angle also he was he was um, mentored by David Schultz, who is the wrestler at the heart of Foxcatcher. If you've watched oh, any yes. of those, okay, the, the right, Steve Carell the, movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there's a very good Netflix documentary. Mm. 
Angle was actually one of um, Schultz's. He, he saw him as a second father figure. Um, mm. His own father had died in a construction accident in, when he was 16, Kurt Angle. Yeah. Um, and David Schultz was murdered by um, DuPont, John DuPont, mm. who was this strange millionaire who had set up a, a wrestling school in his Foxcatcher estate. Yeah. Um, very linked with the, the US uh, wrestling fraternity. Um, Angle himself had known he'd actually been living on Foxcatcher. And I think he was, I believe he was there on the day that um, Schultz was, was shot dead. Um, he left immediately afterwards. A lot of the wrestlers didn't. They stayed because that was the funding for their for their Olympic hopes. Yeah. Um, uh, Angle, though, I mean, he uh, beyond the fact that he is not just a great amateur wrestler, but one of the greatest amateur wrestlers of all time, he basically, I mean, I mean, he makes his te- television debut, I think, in 1999, possibly 2000, and 2004. He is uh, put into the Hall of Fame by the Wrestling Observer, the uh, industry newsletter. Um, he was named Wrestler of the Decade for the 2000s by the same publication. Um, John Cena said of Kurt Angle, he said, he is without question the most gifted all-around performer we've ever had step into a ring, and there'll never be another like him. He is unique. Yeah. He was also astonishing because when it came to mic work, he was funny. And he was so good at it. He just picked up everything about wrestling. And when you're that good, and you're also that good on the mic, and not just on the mic, but at doing funny stuff, yeah. I mean, there'll never be another. There mm. will never be another. Um, I he need to is, watch more of him. Oh, you do. I mean, I mean, Angle will never disappoint. <laughs> he never disappoints. Mm. Uh, he's currently in the WWE now, working on TV, doing Raw matches and stuff. Right. He is back, and it's so delightful for him, a man of his calibre, to hopefully he will stay with the WWE for the rest of his life now yeah. and he'll he, you know he deserves to you see him in this match and the best thing for Angle is he's in the ring with two of the best wrestlers in the world at this time mm. he's there with Chris Jericho who is good on the mic and good in the ring and he's there with Chris Benoit who is not good on the mic but is phenomenal in the ring yeah. and the three of them go on to have a pretty much a five year period where various combinations of them are wrestling and every time they do it's just spectacular mm. um, Angle himself manages to get from here into the main event before the other two but the other two are also going to be in the main event within a couple of years just I mean a thrilling period Angle is so good in this when he starts he used to he he wears his medals he comes out but they're Mm. replicas but originally he did for about a month wear the real ones (laughs) I met an Olympian once I met a gold medalist Greg Rutherford after the 2012 Olympics and he was telling me if you lose your gold medal and he'd met one of the other British athletes from one of the I can't remember what it was. They had, I think, had a burglary yeah. and their gold medal had gone. Yeah. And so they contacted the you know, the IOC yeah. and said, can I have another medal? And they went, of course you can. Obviously, you have to pay for them. Sorry about that. And he was like, no, no problem. It's an Olympic medal, you know. Yeah. I want it. And when they sent it to him, these ones essentially have the word replica oh, stamped, stamped on them. onto the side because it's not an original. <laughs> so if you lose it, that's it. It's gone. Oh, it's no. It's gone. That's not good. Terrible. Um, Chris Benoit in this match, you know, to just... He's a great technical wrestler, and you can see this is the the product of just this incredible background that you wouldn't really have anymore, which was, you know, the, the Calgary Dungeon, Stampede Wrestling, yeah. Japan, and then, you know, ECW. Uh, ironically, the only other person who did really have exactly that path is Chris Jericho right. who's also in the ring with him here um, is this our first time we've seen Jericho uh, yes I think it is Must like we've be, spoken yeah. about him before yeah yeah. so he's uh, he's left he just... WCW again held down felt like he, he deserved to be in a main event spot what's funny about this Wrestlemania is he was supposed to be in the main event right so the poster for this has a picture of Triple H Big Show 
uh, The Rock and Jericho. Right. And at the pretty much last minute... He had to record a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Vince McMahon didn't think he was a big enough star. Really? And he panicked. And that's why they brought Mick Foley back. So Mick Foley, who had retired, they said, oh, Mick, uh, we don't want you to go without having a WrestleMania main event. Mm. Uh, And Jericho was uh, pretty much unceremoniously dumped. Right. So a real shame for him. Mm. Um, Just one little thing about, I don't want to get too far into Benoit, because we'll probably do that when we do about WrestleMania 20. I think that'll be the the big Benoit episode. Yeah. Might even do a little little doco on the end of that, mightn't we? That'd be fun. A little little tell the Benoit story. Um, But this is a... I mean, not fun. Clearly not, not, fun. Fun. not fun at all. Horrible. So this is a, uh, I had a look about um, uh, some some old stuff about Benoit's training regime. Right. Okay. Um, Benoit is an absolute freak when it comes to working out. Uh, he did a thousand Hindu squats per day, and they are r- these really deep sort of arm uh, leg bends. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, most people. You do 20 Hindu squats, you will begin seizing up. Mm. Uh, Benoit was doing between 500 and 1,000 every day. Um, someone on this uh, on this muscle site uh, put, I read this medical article from Discover or Scientific Magazine or something like that. A hospital in Big City had a case of some prisoner did so many deep knee bends that they clog their kidneys with destroy muscle cells. <laughs> So it could happen if you push yourself too much. Destroy now, muscle cells. I, look, <laughs> I was waiting for an excuse to learn why, you know, excuse for why I'm so weedy. <laughs> it turns out I'm full of destroy muscle cells. <laughs> the thing I love about this, that obviously was all, this, this is like an archived mothballed site, <laughs> pre-Benoit dying. Right. One after. Uh, May 2015. I just stumbled upon this now. I thought I'd give my two cents of thought and maybe revive the thread. Substance abuse or not, Benoit's workouts were intense. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, mate. (laughs) Cheers. Um, And I also found this little quote from uh, Randy Orton, and this is from a a muscle and fitness magazine interview Mm. he gave. They say to him, uh, do you take supplements? And Randy Orton responded, I learned a lot from Chris Benoit. He doesn't like shaker cups because they get dirty and stink so quickly. So what Chris does is he takes two scoops of protein powder and puts them in his mouth dry. Mm. Then he puts a little water in and shakes his head around. I used to look at him and think, fuck that's hardcore then one day I was like fuck this shaker and I started doing it the Benoit way wouldn't it be good if that interview had happened last year (laughs) (laughs) it didn't Um, doing it the Benoit way phenomenal match with three men Mm. at the peaks of their powers Um, it it never quite kicks into gear but what you can see here is the WWE officials watch this and go okay these guys are our main events in waiting and actually throughout 2000 and 2001 they do get lots of uh, main event uh, shots right of them and uh, they become all three of them uh, a hall of famers mm. uh, although one will have a big asterisk against next him it, next, um, mm. next match X-Pac and Road Dog with Tori versus uh, Kane and Rikishi Road Dog's a funny looking fella isn't he he is he's got a funny face he's like a sort of Mick Hucknall <laughs> like, but, but a sort of buff Mick Hucknell. buff shaved Mick, H- Mick Hucknell. Yeah, yeah it's again you know four guys who, who at any other time would have been sort of you know big stars mm. uh, main eventers you know they are just a part of a really Really deep talent pool here. There's, yeah, you're right. There's a, just a lot of talent in this one. Just Hugely. Almost a, into a cloying degree. Um, X-Pac himself, this is, you know, uh, uh, not, not great match 
he's in. Mm. I love Expat because you watch his back and he's just loathsome. He's like a greasy fucking Dickensian urchin and the crowd hate him and he's a <laughs> scrote and there's something sort of brilliant and unique about that. Um, he, he actually says this is a perfect example, this match, of how he self-sabotaged his career. Right. And they had approached him and said, why don't you have a match with Chris Jericho at this WrestleMania? And he said, no, I've been doing this long feud with Kane. I want to, I want to, you know, let's let's wrap that up. Yeah. That's a big match. And by the time it came to it, that had really run out of steam. And he and sort they, of regretted put, not having what could have been a great match with Chris Jericho. And they stuck Rikishi in. in his they did. And again, Rikishi, big star. Yeah. Big star. This, this, we've not actually mentioned this, but this WrestleMania doesn't have Steve Austin and it doesn't have The Undertaker. Yes. Undertaker is having groin surgery. Uh, Steve Austin is having neck surgery. Now, when Steve Austin comes back, still the hottest star in the world, they do an angle about who ran him over and he's missed all this time. Mm. Who ran him over in a car? Right. That was how they set it up before he had yeah. his surgery. And in the end, they made it Rikishi because Rikishi was big enough that they thought this is a good person for Austin to come back against. Right. He was, again, just forgotten about really now. He's, mm. he's in the Hall of Fame. But there, you know, he, his career, he was so much bigger than... Uh, he sort of had any right to be just yeah. charisma mm. um, he uh, is part of the big Samoan family his name Rikishi that is the Japanese term for a sumo wrestler very similar to Yokozuna yes, okay. who was his cousin Right. Um, his sons wrestle as the Usos right now um, he's the older brother of uh, Umaga um, he's the twin brother of Tama, who was also known as a Tonga kid. He's the nephew of Sika and Afa, who are the wild Samoans. And his cousins are Yokozuna, Hedrinka Samu, Rosie, Roman Reigns, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Pedigree, man. Such a big family. Yeah. Um, he was also once shot in a drive-by shooting in 1987. He said he died for three minutes on the operating table. Oh. I think you can see his scar, and I think it's quite massive. He's also got a huge bum. He has got a huge bum, and they, they talk of nothing else in this movie. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen an arse like it, but I don't know if maybe that is a common arse. I just for don't a, see a lot of I think for a man, I think for a man of his um, size and chunka, chunka lunganess, yeah. uh, you don't, it doesn't, in in women it would make a big bum, but in male anatomy it wouldn't. I think you'd, you'd lose your bum a little bit. Got you. You'd He's have just, a little, just have sort a little of like an elephant. Line. You'd have a little line where your bum is. <laughs> like but an Rikishi's, elephant's bum. Yeah, but Rikishi's probably. Uh, got a real caboose he has uh, talking of cabooses mm. here comes Paul Bearer <laughs> oh. looking weirder than ever without well, his makeup again I know but he's quite trim and he's got a red suit on which yeah. is new um, he's not worn that before um, <laughs> and uh, then you get a little bit of Pete Rose as well back in the ring yeah you're good to see Paul Bearer doing the DX chop over Pete again, Rose again I think this could have gone on for years and years and years but in a weird way the crowd kill this right. they don't react to it when it's yeah. Pete Rose and then I think if you're Pete Rose you go is this really has this actually come to an end it's natural lifespan yeah. I don't yeah. know. Um, I think he's at WrestleMania 17. Right. Well, we'll Four years is not bad. To actually keep going <laughs> with one joke is quite funny. Um, and again, too cool and Rikishi do a dance at the end. And mm. it's the only time really dancing has been massively over in wrestling. Right. Apart from like when Dusty Rhodes did it with Sapphire. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's just amazing to see. Rikishi, Rikishi's got moves. Well, he has. Rikishi's he moves right. fucking well. He does. Fucking well. I mean, I mean you know, let's not... Let, it let's not about his career. That guy, to, to be able to be that big and to just have that innate ability to hit each beat fucking great Funkasaurus couldn't do it no he fucking couldn't and his music was astonishing um, and then we got the main event finally it's yeah. the uh, the four way the rock uh, versus Triple H versus the big show versus Mick Foley um, again Austin and Taker are out 
this is about the depth of talent, but you still have four people who can headline WrestleMania are available. It's huge, isn't it? Astonishing. Um, Mick Foley's arm is so scarred in this. Oh, really it, is, see, it really shows up. It's, yeah, oh, it's horrible. I think it's slightly because he's lost a bit of muscle definition right. in his months off. Yeah. And that sort of made his arms puffier. <laughs> and it's all, I don't know. I don't know. Um, the, the, the main event that they actually came up with this, it changed again and again and again. Mm. So they think there were lots of, I, I think the original plan was for Stone Cold versus The Rock. Um, mm. Stone Cold is then injured and out, so that match falls to the wayside. We've had that main event before, though. We, we have, but we're going to have it again. Oh. There was uh, a belief that it was going to be Stone Cold versus Triple H at one point, right. but then that falls through again because of Stone Cold. Um, there were lots and lots of things about the big show where they were saying, actually, no, it, it probably would have been the Undertaker big show, but then they said, no, when Big Show signed his contract to come over from WCW, he was apparently promised the main event of WrestleMania as part of his contract. Right. But then Vince McMahon thought, God, he's not actually at that level. Yeah. This isn't working out. And that's why they gave it to him here, but then they put someone else in. Yeah. They have got rid of Chris Jericho, who at one point was going to be in the main event. They've replaced him with Mick Foley. They've brought him back in. But then they've gone, ah, bollocks, you know, why is anyone going to get into this? So they slightly go, let's put a McMahon in each corner. And that's a bit more. Yeah. And what you really see with this is they also had, at one point, I think the idea was to do a Rock versus Triple H match. Mm. And what you get here at the end, when you get Foley and Big Show have been eliminated, is you get a good match that the crowd actually get really into between The Rock and Triple H. So it's 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 a bit of a sort of uh, I don't know. It's, uh, no one's quite feeling it. You can see Mick Foley doesn't believe in any of this, and it's not really working. Yeah. Big Show is wearing a t-shirt and a gold chain, and he looks like he's in fucking Jersey Shore, <laughs> mate. It's WrestleMania. Foley's in his black tracksuit trousers. As soon as they get the two of them out of the way, the match gets a lot lot better. Mm. But the crowd, when they first lock up, the crowd aren't into it. Yeah, and it takes a while for sort of you know Rock and, and Triple H to get them lifted. Foley has no snap. I don't know how... It's amazing between February when you're having your retirement match mm. and April when you're doing a match you weren't expected. It's amazing that in those two months, it's like he forgets 50% of what made him great. Yeah. He has no snap and there's no precision and he doesn't. He just looks totally disengaged. At the time, apparently, he was not getting on with The Rock. Right. And he said to his wife before he left Foley, he turned to her and said, "You watch it tonight, don't get excited, and I, I don't be surprised if I get absolutely no offence. So he was really sort of, I think, down on the whole thing, and I think mm. that really comes across yeah. during this match. Um, the, the Rock versus Triple H goes a long time, it's good. There's a great swerve where Vince McMahon hits uh, The Rock, I think it is, who is the wrestler, who he's... I, I, yeah, I can he's, barely he's follow in his, it. He's in his corner, yeah. and he hits The Rock, and everyone's like, why is he just doing that? And they call those a swerve, and mm. there's actually a weird thing where he does swerve with the chair and you don't quite see it coming it looks like he's going to hit Triple H and he doesn't do a big obvious reveal Mm. he does a really sneaky sort of hit Mm. and that looked great but it was you know again it's not what you want in the main event of a WrestleMania well again I think I I was enjoying it up until a point the McMahon shit came in and I was just like you know what it swamps it it just swamps it there there are bits where Shane was you know fighting his dad and the crowd just are dead and it's Mm. taking away from the action in the ring Triple H and The Rock I mean I mean I think this is one of the first times in WrestleMania history, if not the first time, where a bad guy wins. Right. And the stupid thing about it is that's fine if you're going, let's do him for a year and at next WrestleMania, everyone want to see him get beaten. Mm. But what they do here is Triple H wins, you know, the bad guy triumphs. That's not a great way to end a WrestleMania. But then 
within four weeks he's lost it to The Rock anyway. Yeah. So why not give it to The Rock at that point? Yeah. Um, this is also the moment where Triple H becomes a proper main event player. And that was that's a great thing. I mean, he's had some astonishing matches with Foley at the Royal Rumble and No Way Out building up to this. But this, at that moment where you're, you win your WrestleMania main event, that's made you a massive player. Yeah. And this was a great example of just making a huge star, you know, uh, uh, as, as efficiently and effectively as you can. Yeah. Um, and I mean that's it really there's not much to say I, I didn't enjoy this main event really at all no. I, 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 I had events... memories of it being great fun yeah. and I I just didn't I didn't go for it maybe you were b- sold into the McMahon angle a bit more but that's mm. the thing that ruined for me it was, you know, it was a good 35 minutes of uh, action and it just yeah. peters out for me and the biggest reaction is when The Rock gives Stephanie McMahon the, the rock bottom and then the people's elbow in the boob in the boob and in she, the boob she doesn't even bother selling it because she's sort of going I'm knocked out Yeah, but it didn't look great it no. just looked like you were just sort of didn't know quite I don't know it was just it's just a bit of a fucking mess and actually mm. The Rock does not look happy at the end of this one he looks no. a bit sort of like this, this, this was a shitty day at the office um, <laughs> Stephanie's y- got a very expressive face I think she's got big, good she's got big actor's eyes she has massive she eyes she has and she's very good at doing the spoiled rich Connecticut bitch I yeah. think you know she's she's good at playing that character mm. the problem of course comes is when you're doing that character and you're also running the company uh, mm. I think it's a, it's a strange thing and if you were a wrestler it's a bit like having like an inconsistent parent mm. um, but who knows she might take it to great you know hey I'm not going to knock it I'm not going to knock it it's not like knocking it is going to get me that job which I <laughs> desperately want um, when The Undertaker comes back at Judgment Day a pay-per-view in May so a month after right. uh, he doesn't come back as the dead man he is <gasps> the American badass the American badass Baker man yes you know it. nobody expected it either so oh, I'm, wow. I'm tempted to make you just watch that bit where he comes out and seeing everyone going what's he done what's he done what's he done to himself he's having a midlife crisis <laughs> and he's dead and he's dead is he, is he a dead a no, biker a no life crisis <laughs> Oh, um, wow. But, yep, so 2000, WrestleMania 2000, not that great. But if you get a chance to watch any other pay-per-views from 2000, mm. uh, you'll find it was probably the best year in the ring that any wrestling company has ever had. I just think they um, panicked. Uh, they had too many good people in the ring, and they panicked that they needed to throw narrative in where it wasn't needed. Yep. And, yeah. Yeah. Wait till you get to next year. So the next WrestleMania that we're going to be doing mm. is WrestleMania X7, WrestleMania 17. <laughs> yeah. It is the best Wrestlemania of all time really yep you write in you said this before you yep. haven't said this before but you, I just I just think I, I think as be. well hey look it's, it's going to be hitting around the time of the, the next Wrestlemania as well <gasps> and I just think you know I think that's good timing we shouldn't be wetting the palette for the WWE <laughs> even though we have got 52 podcasts out of it so far yeah yeah I mean you know that said we've been doing it for a year so that's 52 weeks of £10 to the network <laughs> yeah, so I mean true. you know quid pro quo Clarice isn't it? <laughs> give us our money McMahon, you um, we'll be back next week. If you want to get to the show, as always, it's at shortwrestlemepod.com. Uh, and you can say hello via Twitter at WrestleMePod. WrestleMeMark! WrestleMePeat! was a radio production. 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.